The third treaty of Burt's Treaty of Hawks and Hawking by Edmund Burt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The third treaty of Hawks and Hawking, wherein is contained cures for all known diseases, all of which have been practiced by myself more upon other men's hawks that have been sent unto me than upon any of my own. First, for the beak, mouth, eyes, head, and throat, and of the several griefs their breeding and offending. In the beak there is a dry canker, whereof I have little desire to write, because it is so common, and the cure is easy. But to him that knoweth it not, this shall give him sufficient understanding, that showeth itself white in that part of the beak where it is. It may have a crack or flaw in it, before you shall discover it. Under that white it eateth into the beak. With a knife pare the white off so far and so deep as it hath eaten into the beak. With a piece of glass, new broken, you may scrape it, and make it more smooth than you can with a knife. After you have fashioned the beak so well as you can, wash it either with the juice of a lemon or with a little wine vinegar, and it will require to be no oftener dressed. End cure. A medicine for the wet canker in the mouth or beak, which will eat into her eyes and brain, and unless it be killed, it will soon kill her. And this is more common with the long-winged hawk than the short-winged hawk. This is my own practice, and how dangerous soever it shall appear to him that hath not made use thereof, believe me, in the administering thereof there is nothing but safety. Take aquafortis, ye shall have it at the goldsmith, for there is most use made of it. There is some of it made more strong than other, but how strong or weak soever it be, you shall qualify them in this manner. Have in a readiness a porridge or a spring water, and a feather in it. Then pour some of your aquafortis into the deep side of an oyster shell, where you shall see it presently boil, as if it were over a fire, and would soon eat through the oyster shell. Take your feather in the spring water, and therewith of the same water, drop into the aquafortis that is boiling, by drops, drop after drop, until you shall see it leave seething. Then for your use, put it into a vial, and we call it aquafortis qualified. Now you are provided of aquaforty in his vigor and strength, and you have it also qualified. For the canker, I would advise you to take the most speedy and most sure course to kill it, and therefore, for cure, thus proceed. With a quill made fit for the turn, search the sore well, and take off the roof that covereth and groweth fast to the sore, as clean as may be. Unless the bleeding shall hinder the true search, have in readiness a stick with a little clout tied to the end, which, wet in fair water, you may therewith wipe away the blood sometimes, whereby you may the better see what you have done to the sore. You may perhaps find a little core feeding within the sore. Pull and get out of it as much as possible, and then, having a little stick with a little clout, the bigness of a small pea fastened to the end thereof and wet in the aquafortis and not have it otherwise than wet not that it shall drop herewith do but touch the sore once or twice that it may be wet and it will soon kill it dress it once in four and twenty-four hours and if it be not in a very desperate state when you begin therewith twice or thrice dressing shall be the most it shall need and if the core shall be 
at the firft taken clean out, it will not ask more dreffing. You may feed within one hour, or an hour and a half, after she is thus dreffed. End cure. A medicine for the frowns wherein too the long-winged hawk is much more subject than is a short-winged hawk. I have heard many men of this opinion that the frowns and canker are all one, and such they were as held themselves very skillful. But such have skill and judgment know that they were deceived in their opinions. The frowns proceeding out of a heat and dryness in the body, or of a bruise, and it followeth most your fresh haggard. Although the sore hawk or tarsal is not free, but are upon heat subject to that infirmity, the older a hawk is, she is the more hot and dry. And you shall have suddenly grow upon an old haggard, although she be well kept, for it will grow upon that hawk soonest that is of a fretful disposition. A falconer of judgment will hereupon work to seek out means to amend the cause, and then every small matter will cure the grief when it is but little and new bread. I have known it killed with washing her mouth with the juice of a lemon, and so giving her stones out of the same juice. This worketh as well in the body as in the mouth, but aquafort is to be used for the frowns, as I have directed for a canker, is beyond all other receipts, and cure, otherwise for the frowns. Take of your aquafortis that is qualified, and with a quill made for that purpose, take off the scab or roof from the sore, then with a stick and a cloth at the end thereof, well wet in your qualified water, wash the sore, and although there be so much water as some of it doth go into her body, I have found no hurt but profit thereby, for without doubt it hath had an extraordinary working in her body, without making any show of sickness. But there have come from her drowsy mutes that have stood full of bubbles. I have herewith recovered hawks troubled with a sore frounce, and made them sound. End cure. An approved medicine for the frounce that is to be had in every town. Take a piece of good rock alum, and burn it leisurely, then pound it to as fine powder as may be. Then take a little English honey, and a little of the powder. Let them be wrought together with a knife's point. And then your hawk cast, and the scab clean taken away to the bottom. Fear not to make it bleed, which you may wipe away as you were formerly taught. And this receipt clapped upon it, without doubt, with less than six times dressing, it shall kill it. And let it be dressed once in four and twenty hours. Let her not be fed in two hours after she is dressed. I could set down forty common recipes more for this grief, and all needless, for any one of these three last shall kill any frounce. I would not have set down this last recipe, but that aquafortis is not to be had in every place. End cure. A remedy for the colonels whereunto the long-winged hawk is not subject, but it followeth much the short-winged hawk. The colonels began and breed under the eye, between the eye and chap outwardly appearing, and will very soon show itself as big and long as the half of an ordinary bean and will soon grow greater and swell up the eye, and kill her if it not be prevented. For cure thereof, do thus. Lance the place well swelled long ways, and with a quill take out the kernels as you can. They are white as kernels and cattle. But I pray understand that they are of a very small size. Without any danger you may cut the hole large enough. Seize some spring water, and when it hath thawed, put in 
to it a piece of rock alum and some english honey let it seize no more but let the ingredients dissolve therein then having a linen cloth fastened to the end of a stick wet in the water the water not being otherwise than the cold taken off wash the place very clean within and then put into it some powder of burnt alum you shall need to put your alum into it but once and once it must be otherwise it will be in four and twenty-four hours closed up again and show itself healed and so the kernels increase again and very soon be as ill as it was at the first but the alum once applied and the place washed three mornings together fear it not for it is not cured and sound and cure there is a disease in the head of some called vertigo it is a swimming of the brain and thus followeth the cure this grief is very dangerous and it appeareth too plainly for very seldom the hawk holdeth still her head but continually putteth her head over her shoulder and so letteth it fall to his proper place again it proceedeth of a cold cause in the body take a quantity of butter out of the churn do not wash it take a clove of the middle size and as much mace let them be bruised not beaten and lap them in a little of your butter to the bigness of a stone such as you gave that hawk although it be very large it will be a casting little enough put into a fine piece of lawn and then tie it fast give it into your hawk and after it give unto her her supper in the morning she will cast the lawn again with the clove and mace therein the butter passing through her then give unto her a clove of sudden garlic and because every man hath not made use thereof i will therefore set down the manner how to seethe it for it is very profitable for great uses take the clothes out of the head but do not peel them seethe them in fair water and with a spoon peel them very often lest they overseethe for they must be soft and yet no softer but that if your hawk will not take them in meat they may be put into her without breaking but now the husk and thin white film must be taken off given to her her breakfast before or therewith she will not only endue it but that will work good digesture for other meat at night give her butter clove and mace again as foresaid and so every night every third morning a clove of sudden garlic until she be cured keep her warm and continually hooded if she be not quiet let her be mailed up and cure the pine in the throat of a most desperate and incurable disease I have never heard of a long-winged hawk troubled with it, but I have known many short-winged hawks killed with it. This disease is plainly discovered, for upon any bait she will heave and blow, and rattle in the throat. In my very friend's house, I found a goshawk at that pass. It is ten years since, and they did not perceive it until that day. My advice was desired, which I delivered, and thus put in practice. They did cause presently some butter to be made which i took not washing it but i lapped or anointed a wing feather of a hen therewith and so twice or thrice in a day put it up and down her windpipe and thrice or twice at a time whether this was the pine or no i know not or the pine breeding but i am sure that in three or four days the hawk did well without any other thing administered and by others it was thought to be the pine one sparrowhawk had the pine this last year in her forage 
and I told her master of the happy proceeding I had with the goshawk, and he did practice the same, but I believe he rather put the feather, which was but small, into the throat, than into the windpipe, for within one fortnight and ten days after it begun, she died thereof. One other goshawk was brought unto me in a ruster hood, to be made flying, as he said that brought her. She had been drawn three weeks, and for a fortnight and more she had taken every night a casting. The hawk I knew for her goodness and good conditions could not be bettered. I was glad of her coming, my house being full of my friends. I imparted so much unto them in the evening. Having formerly been well acquainted with her good conditions, I pulled off her hood. After a while, sitting quietly, she made a stout bait. But so soon as she had done so, she gaped and rattled so in the throat, as that she might easily be heard into the next room. If this were not the pine, then no hawk hath the pine. But the sight hereof did very much perplex me. To be rid of her I could not, for her master was ridden into the country a hawking journey, as his own letter that day sent did testify. Seeing in what desperate estate the hawk was in, I would willingly have given forty shillings I had not meddled with her. He was a worthy knight that brought her, and to him I stood bound for many former kind gifts, which was in truth the most special cause that increased my grief, rather fearing her death than hoping for life. The next day, by some occasion, there were two knights, both of them very judicious ostringers, and two gentlemen of the same family, though dwelling ten miles asunder, and diverse others, all which, for my cold comfort, said she was a hawk not to be recovered. Then I practiced upon her in this manner. First I put on her ruster hood again, and then, with a large feather, lapped about with butter, I did twice or thrice together, and three times in a day put up and down her throat. I pray you remember that it was butter out of the churn and not washed. Whilst I was in this practice, I must tell you that she did not thereupon leave her rattling in the throat at all, but it did increase a while after she was dressed, and made a greater noise, and a great reason for it, for she had in her dressing strive very much, and now laboring in the body, her throat full of butter, she must needs make the noise the greater, which after she stood still a while, and was quiet, she never made show of. After a week's practice thus, I tied two feathers together in such manner as some arrows and bolts for crossbows have their feathers lapped about. Then did I clip off half the deep side of the feather, and being dry, I put that into her windpipe, putting it up and down, and turning it round, insomuch that the feather was bloody. It troubled me much, but the cure being desperate, I thus followed on my practice, I confess I never had that experience before. I had then two other feathers lapped together with silk, as the other two were, about and into which I had lapped and wrought the powder of burnt alum and English honey, prepared as I taught you for the frounce, and with that I did rub her windpipe up and down once a day, for three days together, and so left, knowing that it had wrought much in so short a time upon a sore frounce. I continued this hawk one week longer in her hood, when she gave me assured knowledge that she had no pine, neither would she blow for one bait or two or three, if they were not great, and for that blowing, 
I do not think it was the plaintiff, but rather a faintness and weakness after her sickness, as it is very commonly approved amongst ourselves after a long sickness, and her disease was none of the least. I met with the messenger that brought her unto me, within one week after I had her, unto whom I had imparted my grief for the hawk. When he did confess unto me, she had met with two or three mischances, by scratching her hood before she came into me, which might be a cause of breeding the pine, which, being the greater grief, would not suffer the lesser to be seen until that was cured, which was the plaintiff, if it so prove. You have herein heard my opinion, but for the plaintiff I cannot meddle with, for therein my discourse would prove very tedious as to deliver the cause thereof, etc., I should compare it to the tick in a man or woman, or to a horse, which some say is broken-winded, and I should contrary that opinion. And although I should have many against me, yet I would have them maintain my opinion. And thus I leave that undiscoursed of, because it would prove very tedious to set down the reasons, pro and contra, but for this uncurable disease, I am persuaded that if it shall be rubbed with two dry feathers, lapped together and clipped, as I have before said, and afterward to wet them in aquafortis that is qualified, and so thrust the feather up and down her throat, I must needs think it should eat away the pine, and cure it, having so good experience of the working thereof, which doth confirm my opinion, and not to danger the hawk, admit it should endanger her life, she can be in no greater danger than the pine putteth her in. I leave the use thereof to your own consideration and cure. An excellent medicine for a lash in the eye. Take white sugar candy, burn it as you burn your alum, then bruise or beat it to a very fine powder, and thereof morning and evening put some of it into her eye. Let her be always hooded until she be well, which will be in a very short time. Yea, although a film begin to grow over it, because it hath not been looked unto in time, yet rest assured it will cure it, and cure. A medicine for a salt or hot humor that runneth out of the eye, and scaldeth all the feathers from that part under the eye, and maketh it bare. This disease will make the one eye seem bigger than the other, and at all times seem to be full of water. It may be both eyes be in that ill estate. The often wiping of the eye against the wing putteth off the feathers and maketh the eye the worse. For cure, take the stalk of fennel and cut it off at one joint, and into that part of the stalk, which you leave long, being stopped with the joint at the other end, you shall put or fill with a powder of white sugar candy, very finely pounded, and then with wake make very close that end. And so do three or four, and then bury them in the earth two or three days, and your powder will be dissolved into fine water, which you shall drop into your hawk's eye, or your own, if you shall have need. It is approved very good. And cure. For the same otherwise, take a piece of gum dragon, and let it lie three or four spoonfuls of spring water, until it dissolve and grow soft. Then drop of that water into the eye. It is very good for ourselves if we have need. End cure. 
for a snort of cold in the head of any hawk. It is most properly to be termed thus in long-winged hawks, for short-winged hawks the rye, and yet they differ. I have flown falcons that have been washed at the brook in cold and frothy weather, or so wet with rain, that thereupon they have been so troubled with a cold in the head, as that in a month or six weeks they cannot be brought again to true flying. The rye in a short-winged hawk will grow as well upon her, and sooner, by being ill-kept without tiring or plumage, or by being in poverty, as through cold or wet, notwithstanding she is the tenderer hawk. Yet if she be full of flesh, and have natural means, good and warm diet, with plumage and tiring enough, and kept warm, she will soon outgrow it. But for the falcon and such like, while Pembroke's root dried in the oven, after the bread is drawn, and made so dry as that it may be beaten to a fine powder, and so blown into her nares, will very soon break it. If you will take the leaves, be sure they be of the wild primrose in the field, or wood, stamp and strain out of the juice, and put some of it into her nares, and it shall work the like effect. It shall not be idleness for me to deliver, nor yet unprofitable for you to hear, that one did lie in his bed so troubled with pain in the head that upon the least motion or stirring he would cry out in such manner as that he showeth he suffered much torment. I was talking to one of this receipt for my hawk, whereupon the party's petitions were so piercing as that there must be no denial, but that some leaves should be sought for and gotten, and which was done, the juice taken out, I think he did snuff up into his nose one spoonful, but he was for half an hour after so tormented as that I, for my part, wished that I had never spoken of the receipt. But that little season so borne out, the party was presently as well as ever he was in his life. This was sudden, and this was strange. Administer neither of these to your hawk, but when she is empty and feed not too soon after it, but be sure to keep her warm, for otherwise her powers being so open, she is more apt to increase the cold she hath already taken than to break it. End cure. A cure for the mites. Some hawks have been so ill looked unto that they have not only been troubled about the beak and eyes, but the nicks of the wing and hinder parts of them have been eaten to the quick. His judgment should much fail him that will not think the hawks so ill-furnished have been neither cleanly kept nor carefully looked into, by both which means the hawk may have them, and they soonest gotten from the perch or block where another hawk hath fate that have had the mites. If they be timely discovered, and that they have not overrun the whole body, aquavide and stawsaker will kill them, only rubbing her nares therewith when you set her down for the all night, and so will vinegar and stossacre, the juice of herb grass, the leaves stamped and drained, and the parts offended about the head rubbed therewith, when you go to take your rest, is as good as any of the rest. Take heed where you set your hawk, for if she sit by a hawk that hath the mites, she will too soon find that she hath met with too many ill neighbors. Master Bachelor, that was master of all the falconers by pals, to whom my love then was such as that I could speak much good of him now. He, I say, had a sparhawk, 
our body overrun with such vermin which he could destroy by no means until he did undertake this course he got stossacre and beat it small and then boiled it in fair water making it strong and then strained it gently through a fine cloth suffering none of the stossacre to go through and in that he did well wash his hawk and when he had her out of the water he lapped her up in a lambskin that was made warm and ready for that purpose and therein he kept her until she was very near dry when having another skim warmed he put that about her and so continued two hours into which the lambskins the vermin did run and so the hawk was made clean and freed from her death and cure a receipt beyond all other to take out the lime of a hawk's feathers take neat's foot oil any oil else will never be gotten out of the feathers and anoint the place lined therewith that done draw the web of the feather even as it groweth from the quill between the flesh of your forefinger and the nail of your thumb with the nail never leave working until therewith you have drawn the lime clean out and then you shall find the feathers look with as good as a gloss as any of the rest and stand as smooth as you draw them and cure a receipt to be given to a hawk that bloweth and is short or thick-winded i was once asked by one of my friends what was good for such an infirmity i told him the tops of rosemary leisurely dried between two warm tiles either made warm and set upon hot embers to continue them so or in an oven so soon as the bread was taken out and when they were so well dried as that they would be beaten to a fine powder to give the powder in good abundance to his hawk with her meat i made it known unto him that this was taught me by one that was an ancient and skilful ostringer and withal told him that i had made no use thereof neither could i allege a reason why it should be good as he was a falconer so he was a cockmaster and he told me that he had made use of it in such manner for his cocks since when for a hawk so troubled i have made proof of and found it very profitable and cure a medicine for the worms wherewith all creatures i think as well as hawks are troubled Phos sulphurous given in her meat is very good and so is cholerinum otherwise called sea moss dried and in powder given the hawk with her meat pulvis contravermis is to be had at some apothecaries given with her meat in the morning she will not at all fly the worse at night lavender cotton minced and made into a pill with butter and rolled up in sugar is good casting of wormwood and sanctuary are very good sodden garlic in my practice is better than any of these there can be no better thing be given to a long-winged hawk for the philanders if so it must then be granted nothing can help digester better you shall find how it is sudden in the chapter for the disease in the head i have given every night a clove to a short-winged hawk six nights together warm feet given with meat or warm feed with aloes butter and two or three chives of saffron given in a pill is very good and i think so were a hundred more medicines for this disease and there are more hawks die hereof than of all other diseases besides and cure a medicine or pill to be given to a hawk that hath the worms whereof i make the best allowance take english honey and clarify it take off the scum with a feather when it hath boiled a little 
and then it is clarified, let it boil leisurely until it grow so stiff as that you can make it up in pills, which you shall thus approve. Take a little out of it upon a knife's point, and drop it upon a trencher. When it is cold, you shall see whether it be stiff enough, or no. Then beat some worm seed, and put it into it. So make it up in pills. I will tell you how I do use to give them. I lap them up in a single white paper, of the thinnest paper I can get, and then I put therein my pill, and tie the paper close about with a thread. I am very careful not to touch the outside of the paper, after I have handled the pills before I wash, for fear she should take any dislike in the taste. I put it into so thin a paper that it may the sooner dissolve, for if it be a thick paper that will not so soon take moisture, I have approved both, and then if she offer to cast it, she may with so strong paper cast all, which to prevent, if I know anything my hawk will dislike, I show her that it will be a means to make her keep it. Otherwise I will have in a readiness a wing of some fowl, wherewith I will tender, sometimes with showing it, and sometimes suffering her to plume, by which means you shall have your pill or pills working kindly. You may give two as big as a small hazelnut to a goshawk, one to a tarsal. It is a good scouring, besides the benefit of killing worms. I have heard very experienced Austringer say that there is no killing of worms with any such receipt as I have mentioned. But their advice is to be a small flint stone to small pumice and to give it her with her meat. And this, they say, must first break the bed of worms, and then after these receipts will kill them. I cannot understand where these worms should lie that must have this help and without which the other cannot profit. I have seen a small grub worm in long-winged hawks, and especially in the blank tarsals that have been muted daily, sometimes two, sometimes three, sometimes four, and a mute, and more. And to kill these I have labored, but I will never approve it more, for I cannot do it. And besides, I think they rather benefit a hawk than do any hurt. For I flew a tarsal so troubled all his forage, and when he was an intermure, until after Christmas at the cock, he was a very high flyer that years remained. And three years after, he was a lead hawk at the brook in Leicestershire, and all this time had these worms, and he was called by that name Worms. I put in mind of giving a hawk brimstone by speaking of the pounded flint, and I have very often approved it, to give it in this manner to any hawk, broken like small gravel, and at night give it with her meat, and she will in the morning bring it up in her casting. It will help greatly to clean a hawk and breed a good stomach. There is not so common a disease followeth a hawk as the worms, and I have found them in most feathered fowls, but never any within the boughs, but in the body most abundantly, and without all doubt the back worm. If a man were certain his hawk were so diseased, both the pill and sudden garlic with continuance would destroy and cure. A recipe for a hawk that lost her courage, enjoyeth not, or is low in flesh. Take a wild hawk and well-fleshed house dove, and draw out a wing. You know what to par away, and how to prepare it fit for your hawk. Take a new-laid egg, whilst it is warm, and warm a porridge or pewter dish against the fire. 
then break the egg and put the yolk therein too let it be broken a little with a spoon and then draw your meat through it and as your hawk is feeding with a feather lay on more i would have this so quickly done as that the dove nor egg should lose but little of their natural heat and by making it more hot you make it worse than the losing of the heat use this but two or three mornings and you shall find your hawk grow bravely upon you for a hawk to be proud and full of flesh is but a spur and whetstone to put her into all ill conditions if she be wild but let her be gentle and not wild she is able to kill anything that is fit to be flown unto and cure another recipe very good for the same purpose take a pound of beef of a young beast or more beef if you will make it very clean not leaving either fat or string therein you may the better do it because the beef must be sliced very thin which when it is so sliced and well picked lay it in a still and put thereto as much claret wine as the best high country wine you can get as may cover the beef put thereto one or two ounces of white sugar candy beaten to fine powder and then still them together but let the still be very temperately kept and through this you may often draw your hawk's meat end of cure how to draw water that is cooling and the property thereof is to kill any unnatural heat in the mouth or body it is a great cleanser and increaseth breath it will keep the body in good temper and help the body distemper with heat i would gladly set down everything so plainly as that there might neither be question made of my meaning nor that there should be anything mistaken for want of a true description prim of some called prim privet it is that which is planted in some orchards and in some gardens to beautify the walls and is kept with cutting it doth carry a white flower which when they are blown i would have cleanly picked taking nothing but the flower let not your fire be kept over rash or over hot but let them be carefully distilled and then put it into a glass until you have use of it no hawk will dislike the taste of the water and the water thus stilled hath a very good smell but it leaveth the most stinking still if you shall give her this water with her meat you shall find admirable profit therein it is very good wherewith to inseam a hawk of any kind for a long-winged hawk that is in summer flown to the field there never was or can be used anything better it is most true that in giving something to heat the stomach you may therewith overheat the liver and it is so for the liver give something to cool that and so you may overcool or kill the stomach but there is such an excellent property in this water as with not standing it cooleth the liver yet it bettereth the stomach the use of this water will prevent many diseases for infirmities and sickness do continually follow such hawks as are not cleanly fed but flown fowl before they be well enseamed it will keep thy goshawk and tarsal in continual health if you be careful in the enseaming of them and not flying of them before they be clean if you will not be careful but thy overly hasty desire of sport shall make thee fly them before they be fit to fly then you shall have from them for a little season some sport but then the conclusion 
will be confusion. To be weak and sickly is the best hope can be had of a hawk, het or flown, before she be clean. But to be het or flown when she is more than foul, so soon as cold weather doth come, be assured of the plaintiff. And other diseases which will fall into her feet and legs, and then as good pull off her head as keep her. I know not any man that hath made the use thereof but myself, and I have used it this sixteen or seventeen years, and I did never impart to any man but one night what it was, who to my knowledge did never cause it to be drawn. End cure. A very excellent medicine for a dangerous bruise presently to be given after the hurt. Take English honey and clarify it, and so soon as you have so done, before it boileth any more, put into it a half so much stone pitch or something less than there is honey, and then let it boil again. It shall not need to boil long, because the pitch will make it strong and fast enough to make up in pills. As soon as you can give her a large pill thereof, and although she fast above twelve hours after the receiving, it is the better. I pray let me make all plain unto you, for this is worthy to be had in good estimation, both of the falconer and ostringer. It is a practice of my own devising, and thus I use the same. I have had diverse tarsals flying at the cock, so hurt themselves that they have not been able to stand or hold up a wing. I have presently mailed them, to keep them warm until I came home. I tell you this because you shall understand that it is very dangerous to let them take cold before the receipt of this pill or pills. For making them something less, you may give them two. When I came home, I would keep her still mailed up, lest she should catch cold until I made her pills ready. When I would not yet unmail her, if I found it a dangerous bruise, but keep her so all night or day, and I would be sure that when I did unmail her to feed, or to see how she could stand, it should be in a very warm chamber, where there should be a good fire. I did fly a goshawk that was not my own, for which hawk I was offered forty pounds. I could not, and her master would not sell her. The next year she had such a bruise upon her body against a small tree, not much bigger than my leg, crossing to catch a pheasant cock, that she lay there to the beholders dead. And there she had been dead, but that this accident happened very near unto one that was with me. When I came into her, I saw her eyes stir a little. I opened her mouth, and I put my finger down her throat. She stirred no part of her body. I lapped her up in a good fellow's jerkin that was with me, and so I carried her under my arm to a house two miles from thence. I found she had life in her, and then I had hope. I gave her two pills, such as I have formerly spoken of. She did lie so lapped up at the least sixteen hours, and when I did unmail her to see her strength, she was very unable to stand, and hardly able to offer to stand. I fed her very short, but with my care in one week I delivered her to her master. With some directions, and all the time I had her after her bruise, she never cast any meat. But after I parted from her, she would once in three or four meals cast part or all of her meat. My consent was asked, and I came thither that her head might be pulled off. 
I would not yield to that, but upon easy terms I took her home with me. In the strand I met with that worthy baron who before had made means to buy her, and he asked me if I would not help him to that goshawk. I told him truly in what desperate case she was in, and in all the truth. He said, you will recover, you will recover that, that I promised if she did recover, he should have her, and at Easter term, she receiving her hurt near shroud tide, I did deliver her a very sound hog, and I had for her thirty pounds, and her well-proving was worth twenty pounds more unto me. One other goshawk I recovered that wanted not much of her danger, and her master sold her in Suffolk for fifteen or sixteen pounds, and a young goshawk clean mewed out of the mew. I dare write no untruth, for this must be overviewed by the actors. What shall I need to set down any more for this, knowing this to be so proved good, and which maketh it the more excellent? It is to be had in every place, so is neither parmacet nor mummel. I could mention more, but all worthless in respect. If you will give anything else, let it be mamma beaten into powder, and so given with her meat. You shall find it in the morning in her casting, and it is very good where the other is unknown. End of cure. A receipt for a wound or hurt taken either by a dog or the claws of a hare or otherwise. Have a special care that the wind or cold enter not into the wound before you have wherewith to dress it. If it be where you can have sovereign balm, there is nothing better that is to be had but in a few places. And therefore, for want thereof, take a quantity of spring water and let it seethe. Then take it from the fire and put it into a piece of rock alum and some English honey, and so let them dissolve in the water, the water being blowed warm. Therewithal wash the sore. It will keep it clean from putrefying and heal it, but still careful that it doth not take cold and cure. A medicine for the cray. This grief proceedeth of a hot and dry cause, and it is a dainty cure. Haws distilled, and the meat drawn through the water is very good. To draw your hawk's meat through cow's milk, warm from the cow, is very good, and so approved. End cure. Another for the same. Milk from the cow distilled is excellent good for that grief. But thus followeth the discommodity, it cooleth and hurteth the stomach. I have known this water used for the stone, but the discommodity was soon found. But if you will distill a pint and a half of milk, and withal an ounce of white sugar candy finely pounded, it will rectify all. It hindereth not in its property for the cray, and yet it will doth now comfort the stomach and cure. Another for the same, and the best of any for the same. I have known some par the end of a candle to a small quantity, and so put it into her tool gently, and it hath done good. But I use castle soap, and thereof cut a piece an inch long in manner of a soap of feta, and so put it up and so leave it. This is very good. But with all I have parred a little of such soap, and conveyed it into the gut of a fowl, being very careful of the cleanly doing it, not knowing whether the taste might offend or no. So done, I cast my hawk, 
and I put it down, and then I feed upon it, to make her the better to put it over. This with the sopafita will so soon open and make glide the passages that you shall soon find amendment in your hawk and cure. Otherwise for the same, I was taught to put up in the manner of a glifter oil of roses with a siren and cure. A receipt for a strain or bruise in the foot. Take a handful of mallows and boil them either with a neat's foot oil, goose grease, capon's grease, or hog's grease. When they are well boiled, strain them through a cloth and then mingle them with good aquavitae, and let them boil all together a little, and therewith anoint the place. End cure. Finis. End of Burt's Treaty of Hawks and Hawking by Edmund Burt.